Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today uh, for a Twitter space about uh, all the bizarre ass hypocrisy that shows up in the right wing sphere when someone is actually a groomer or a sexual predator. You know, the people that like to accuse everyone generally of being a groomer, those people suddenly uh, run to defend the actual groomer. So it's been really interesting watching what's been happening lately, especially in terms of uh, Russell Brand. Some horrific, horrific allegations have surfaced from years ago. And apparently it wasn't even that much of a secret. Like people supposedly knew that like there have been multiple allegations of a brand raping, sexually assaulting and abusing multiple women. Um, I think there was like a police report going back in time. There were complaints to the channels. And also uh, one of his victims visited a rape crisis center. So it has been quite something to watch all these right-wingers surface and uh, come to bat for this actual groomer because one of his victims was 16 years old. Like, he used to pick her up from school, for fuck's sake. And, uh, yeah, what do you think, Caitlin? What have you been seeing? Um, Yeah, so after this happened, I went over to look at all of the... um, kind of what people are saying uh, in all the various spheres. And um, I, f- I found like a major rift in the gender critical space over this. Like they are in disarray um, over all of it. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So what's I, going on over there? Um, well, I think that there's a certain like subset of, of that group that really came to their transphobia through feminism. (laughs) Um, And obviously the feminism that I believe in is not compatible with those kinds of beliefs, but there's, they seem to be able to make it work um, for themselves. Right. And so there's a set of like pretty much exclusively women in the gender critical space who are like centering the victims sharing the journalism, um, like just doing what you would kind of expect feminists to do. Um, Mm. And then they're getting like chastised by their male allies in the gender critical space who are talking (laughs) about like due process and presumption of innocence. Uh, And they're correctly pushing back and saying like, that's not how it works when a celebrity gets pointed at (laughs) Um, you we're not doing it with a jury we're not doing like uh you know we're not doing trial by jury we don't need to submit evidence and argue in court and then have it come out like this is it's okay to like be upset about allegations that have not technically been proven in court Right. They do this thing with free speech as well, where they hold it to like the legal definition when people having opinions online is not really bound by what is supposed to happen in court, like in any way. Right. This sort of tendency to impose legalistic definitions of 
terms that have at this point got a lot of colloquial baggage with them. Like it's okay not to use these words the way that they're intended in a courtroom. Right, right. And uh, it's okay to be horrified. Like you don't have to, in regular everyday life, presume that every person that has multiple allegations against them, multiple credible allegations uh, against them, that they are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Like that's just such a, I don't know, it's such a whataboutism. Like it's such an excuse. Oh yeah. To, yeah. And uh, I, I, I'm surprised to hear actually that there are. Well, uh, listen, it's not a huge that number. <laughs> That, are, that there are actual like feminists among turfs uh, that are defending the victims and believing the victims and not just jumping right. to the right wing conclusions. Because from what I see, and you are definitely much more familiar with that space mm-hmm. than I am, he's like just uh, cozying up to the right. And uh, so yeah. the fact that they are at least squabbling on this is interesting. Yeah, I would say that there's probably three main types of response that happened here. And um, one of them is uh, users that are like primarily motivated by the justification that it's feminism um, are out there saying like, we should believe these victims, we should, you know, withdraw any support for Russell Brand, we should uh, not be um, like doing all this whataboutism and like due process nonsense. Um, And also talking about like the systemic influences that allowed Brand's rise to power, like the media landscape in England um, and in the US in in the aughts and the way that that, um, his sort of like flamboyant, boyish, like bad schoolboy kind of attitude uh, was really welcomed um, and uh, and allowed. And the way that he would sort of use confession as like an obfuscation tool where he would talk about all the bad things yes, that he had yes, done. And everyone's yes. like, oh my gosh, what a grown up. Like he really understands where he went wrong. Like we love him. Um, and, uh, it's kind of like um, what Marilyn Manson used to do in a way. Yeah, or Richard Hanna, because right? he wrote that essay about how he used to be a dickhead. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Like how the, the I've really changed thing, but also the my views are bad enough in public, anyways. So what are you gonna hold yeah. me accountable for? I'm already saying these things in plain sight, saying and doing, right? right? So Richard Hanania was pretty damn racist, even though he was like writing on a white nationalist or writing on multiple white nationalist websites. I can't remember the details, but um, under a pseudonym, but his like public views were not too different for that, just slightly, you know? And I guess uh, Brand was confessing all these like bad behaviors and being like super promiscuous, but, or joking about like, liking schoolgirls or yeah. just really gross things that I've seen today, you know? Um, and, uh, like, you know, people laughed at his jokes and uh, the media just thought it was a fun act. Even Louis C.K., actually, you know, that comes to yeah. mind. And when I was saying about Manson, 
that one uh, comes to me specifically because as a teenager, I was a fan of Manson's Embarrassing. I know. Aww. But, um, well, when I was it's I kind of like, Moran, so we've all been there. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's kind of like, um, I, I read an expression in an article one time called A Wolf in Wolf's Clothing. Oh, yes, yes, right. Yeah. So it's like not in sheep's clothing. You're just like, I am who I am. And when people like Manson do it, it, it personally really upsets me because he's like out there being this like, you know, freak and he's hiding behind that and being like an actual moral monster. Yeah. You know, it's not just like his clothes or, you know, he's like punching people and locking them up or whatever the fuck he did. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, so yeah, people, people Hello, John. commenting on that. Oh, hi, Jack. <laughs> um, I'll say some names that might not mean anything to you, but um, like Jane Claire Jones is an example. And like, she is a person who was in grad school doing like feminist theory and uh, met a trans person who like made her uncomfortable or something. And then she became like a professional transphobe. Um, so she was doing feminism first, and then she got weird. Um, and so she is somebody who was calling out, like, you don't need to be doing uh, this, like, due process thing. And also one of the people who pointed out that um, he's been spending the last few years gathering, like, a populist uh, audience and a conspiracy-prone audience that would not abandon him during this time. Um, and right. because this is a sort of reporting procedure, like the way that it works, it's taken a long time to put together. He's had a lot of warnings that this was going to happen at some point. And so he had a lot of time to kind of pivot his content and get ready uh, and sort of like brace for the impact. Um, yeah, you know, that's the sense I got to like, I when I was listening to his interviews today from like years ago, I felt like he knew it was going to drop at some point. So he was just going to like say little pieces here and there that might cushion his fall. Like I already said this stuff, yeah. but not really. You know what I mean? Right. And so there's a couple of people in the gender critical sphere, especially Ollie London, who absolutely fell for it. Oh, uh, that name is familiar. Ollie London is a detransitioner um, who also like it's really confusing the life story because he also is the one who wanted to look as much like a k-pop star as possible um and so wait can you explain what a detransitioner is just for people who may not know yes this is a person who um transitioned in some way you know socially medically surgically whatever they did some some of the steps of transition or all and then they decided that it wasn't right for them and they undid those steps to the best of their ability. Um, and uh, it's like a really tiny percentage of people who transition, less than 1%, I think. Um, but uh, sometimes when you detransition, you get kind of love bombed by the gender critical group. Um, and so there's a there's an yeah. I don't know if they're still on there, but Reclaiming Trans was really good where they talk about like what that was like and how for a little while they were like politically active um, 
about, you know, going against the rights of trans people to access medical care. Uh, and now they realize that that was because the people around them were using them as a pawn, you know. Um, so Ollie London is a really interesting example oh. because he he was trying to transition both in in gender, but also like clearly was trying to get himself to look as Korean as possible, which is um, like also very confusing. That's so um, so and strange. Then, and then has like done a lot of procedures to try to undo all of that, and also recently wrote a book, um, uh, an anti-trans book. Um, and is just sort of like a, a wild blue check who's out of pocket all the time. <laughs> and so he tweeted, if you are wondering why the mainstream media has suddenly done a coordinated trial by media campaign against Russell Brand, then this video will tell you exactly why. And the video is a clip of Russell Brand on Bill Maher yelling about Pfizer. <laughs> so the idea here so, okay. is that he's like whistleblowing about big pharma and so the media elites conspired to destroy him through allegations so yeah Jordan Peterson has been on that yep. uh, big pharma thing as well in regards to the Russell Brand story but let's just think this through for a second okay <laughs> like <laughs> imagine that there were these allegations years ago and what people just sat on them for years until there was a pandemic and then big pharma came up with a vaccine for that pandemic and uh yeah that's when they released the information obviously Obviously, because he was, I think QAnon guys say he was over the target, so he's getting flack. That's the only time that you catch flack is when you're over a target. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, like... Nobody ever gets in trouble unless they're over some kind of target. Mm, yeah, nobody had a problem with these allegations right. before. Nobody reported them or complained or anything. Everyone just sat quietly waiting for this big pharma situation to happen so then they could release the information. Get him. Get him. Yeah, it's it's perfectly reasonable. <laughs> okay, as Deacon Calvin Robinson, uh, another prominent British trans Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes, I know him, unfortunately. <laughs> I know of him. I don't know him. but uh, He yeah. thinks that it's extremely silly to say that... Um, <laughs> that brand amassed a bunch of followers as cover for his uh, his bad behavior, which I think is just funny because he he put a mind blown emoji emoji and then a clown emoji after that. He's like, oh yeah, of course that's what happened. Whereas like the other feminists, the other like gender critical feminists are like, no, that is what happened. <laughs> so yeah. So what's the what what's the implying is the reality here. <laughs> What's the real story, according to him? Um, the real story, he doesn't really want to talk about what the real story is. He's just saying that uh, he should be considered innocent until proven guilty. Um, <laughs> obviously. Uh, oh, the other yeah. really good one is this guy, Gaslighting Services. I don't, I don't know him, but he's a gender-critical blue check. And he wants everyone to know that Russell Brand is being treated in a similar fashion to J.K. Rowling. And it's sad that some of the gender critical feminists don't see.
see them as the same. Wow. Way to throw JK Rowling under the bus. <laughs> he thinks like, that he's I elevating they wanted... them, right? So, yeah. So, <laughs> Francis Wheatman was like, that comparison is so ludicrous, it's offensive. Um, because she thinks that JK Rowling is good. She She called JK Rowling's deal a belief in safeguarding and biological sex. Right, which is lovely. All I said was that we should keep children safe. Um, and then what Russell Brand did, obviously, was uh, sex crimes. And then right. the guy comes back and is saying, no, I'm showing you that the same thing happens to all of these people if they question any of the various state-sponsored narratives. Trans, Ukraine, <laughs> climate, vaccines, immigration, etc., if you are offended by the truth, I can't help that. Okay, so yeah. This so if people say... And they got slapped down. If people say offensive things or do sex crimes, um, it's all sex kind of under the same umbrella. That they're using, you know, to stop uh, him from telling the truth about vaccines. It's fucking absurd, like how they even buy that themselves. This is just like the research that I did on academics that get in trouble for sexual misconduct. That like, you know, a, a defense system gets rolled out. They get uh, op-eds and, and podcasts and YouTube documentaries all about how mm-hmm, their findings mm-hmm. are so challenging to the woke orthodoxy that the system had to bring them down with these allegations. And that becomes the narrative. Fucking unbelievable. But yeah, totally believable, actually. Um, Um, Yeah. So then we also had a bunch of gender critical people who um, took this Russell Brand news and all they wanted to do was talk about Owen Jones, uh, who's a British... Oh, yeah, using it to target like... The left, right? Yeah. Like, because or the perceived left. They reviewed each other's books, right? So they, they each, uh, Russell Brand's Revolution and Owen Jones's, I forget what his book is called, um, something like The Establishment. Um, they each have a blurb from the other of like, this is amazing. And then uh, Owen Jones also hosted like a panel for The Guardian that Russell Brand was the main speaker at. Um, and so they're just using photos and clips of those two things over and over and over again. And it's all they want to talk about. They don't want to talk about the victims. They don't want to talk about the crimes. They don't really even want to talk about Russell Brand that much. They just want to talk about Owen Jones and Billy Bragg. Um, and then my my favorite is Hadley Freeman, right, who uh, I forget where she works. She's American, right, Hadley Freeman? Um, anyway, she wants to talk about Owen Jones and how bad Owen Jones is by extension. And then on the very same day, she also uh, reposted an article about why Woody Allen is innocent. So we can tell where her values are. Oh my God. Wow. Okay. Let me ask Jack, our British correspondent, for what he's been seeing over there on the island. Hello. 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 Hello, everybody. Hello. Okay, so you want my island perspective? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, British press is the British press. You know, they, they, they do what they do. After, after years of um, 
effectively covering up for the guy uh, and excusing what he does. Because uh, I think what Caitlin said was great. Um, he's been doing this in the open for a long time, and uh, and and you too. The, the the wolf in wolf's clothing. That's great too. I mean, that's that's what he's been. I remember when when the news first broke. My my feeling was just. Well, we knew this, didn't we? Isn't but not really because when you read the the list of um, new accusations, it's it's absolutely horrifying. Um, there were there were moments reading it where I was almost physically sick. You know, uh, some yeah. of the stuff in there, and it it is worse. It is it is a lot worse than we knew, but but at the same time, it's not surprising. You know, it's one of those things where it's it's horrifying, but it's not surprising. Yeah. Uh, and the British press, as I say, after and, and media generally, after literally decades now of uh, covering for the guy, either in plain sight or or just not talking about stuff, they've switched to, um, you know, feeding frenzy mode. So it's just it's pretty much what they do. And one, one of the things that's happening over here is that various outlets or media sources or whatever, whatever you want to say, they're turning it into an anti BBC thing. Um, yeah. And. It it is. I mean, the BBC hired the guy and uh, let him get away with all sorts of um, dreadful stuff while he was working for them. But so did loads of people, you know. And they they I think the BBC are the only people who actually fired him for his conduct. Um, you know, I'm not praising the BBC. I'm not because they only did it with uh, they only did it when he offended a celebrity and the newspapers um, ginned up a uh, an outrage cycle about it. But they did fire him for his conduct, and they're basically the only people in the British media. Uh, of you know loads of them platforming the guy and employing him who whoever did that but they're, they're of course turning it into a oh the BBC this the BBC that um you know questions to answer scandal controversy etc because they all hate all, all the private media outlets in in Britain hate the BBC because it's ostensibly a public a public company so yeah that's that's really the the inf the inflection here mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I saw an interesting clip from uh, Douglas Murray on this topic. He was on Piers Morgan. And, yeah. you know, at first I was, like, surprised because he was not defending Brand at all. And he was like, yeah, well, some of us didn't think he was great. And I was like, wow, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, because, you know, and then he took the chance to blame the left and the Guardian and whoever he mm -hmm. perceives as the left, right? And that's that's his angle right he's like no 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 this is the the left's fault and uh then he went on to talk about how you know it's good that you know he's getting called out for this shit now and he hopes to see like more people taking allegations seriously again i'm like whoa douglas how am i agreeing with you what's happening and then he changes it to the um muslim grooming gangs angle yeah i saw a couple of headlines oh, yeah. about that yeah. So um, some of the gender critical feminists who are upset about being told they have to respect due process um, and presume innocence and whatever, which they were correctly mad about that. But then they would say, oh, yeah, the people telling me to do that are anarchists or they're speaking leftoides. And so they would, again, they're pointing to the left, uh, even though it's the call is coming from within the house. It's their own male allies and some of their female allies, Sal Grover, who made that um, the anti-trans dating app for lesbians. She wants to process. She wants presumption of innocence. Um, Blair White wants presumption of innocence. 
Um, but they are strictly looking to the left. They're saying it's leftists and anarchists. Yeah, we're hearing a lot of the um, innocent till proven guilty stuff. Elon was, because uh, of course Elon immediately rushed to um, uh, Brand's defense, you know, because um, one uh, one entitled uh, right wing man child is going to is going to cover for another. But he's been he's been doing that, um, uh, you know, innocent until proven guilty thing, yeah. which, yeah, in court, in court, Elon, that's that's in court. Right. Uh, we don't have to be bound by, you know, everybody knows this. We don't have to be bound by innocent until proven guilty. We can yeah. we can make up our own minds. Well, Blair White says it's uh, um, a slippery slope, right? If we decide that we don't like him oh yeah. in public opinion, then public. who knows what will happen after. And another gender critical uh, user was saying um, that, say, you know, saying that we think that he did it is the same as lynching him publicly. Uh, and that is not the same thing, actually. Yeah. Uh, saying really. that we think he's a bad guy. And at the same, <laughs> at the same time, all these people are Elon Musk in in in, in particular is um, talking about the the ADL and George Soros and everything because he's going further and further to the right. to the the Nazi right essentially. And uh, I don't remember, you know, I don't remember. I don't remember the the ADL being found guilty of ruining tr Twitter in court. I don't remember George Soros in court Where's being found guilty of undermining is. Western civilization. And at the same time, they're um, they're, they're trying to they're, they're doing the the right generally are doing this gigantic sort of LARP of um, you know impeaching Biden. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I'm not a fan of sorry. Biden, but hello. Sorry. Oh, sorry, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I just uh, managed to reconnect again, so I just wanted to ask if you if that messed up the space or if you could. I kept getting a phone call that was not letting up, and it was ruining my connection with my earpods. So, yeah, was the space okay? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. We were talking to each other. There was no like, yeah, you could not hear me talking on the phone. No. <laughs> no. Okay, good. All right. Now, I'm sorry I interrupted. Please continue. That's okay. I was just running through the usual litany of right-wing hypocrisy, you know. Yeah. At the same time they're saying innocent until proven guilty about Russell Brand. Uh because this left-wing right-wing thing rebrand is is interesting. I'd you know, like to get onto that maybe later, but yeah, at the same time they're doing that, they the, the entire sort of US right is doing this gigantic larp about um Joe Biden essentially being the head of an international crime family and, and you know, impeaching him despite the fact that they don't, they don't appear to have any evidence of anything at all. Right. Uh, it's just pretty standard right-wing right hypocrisy. Just constant. Yeah, it is constant. Yeah. I mean, the, um, the question of like how much to focus on right-wing hypocrisy is definitely really interesting just because they know that they're being hypocrites, you know, and, and, um, in fact, like not being required to adhere to logic is kind of a feature, not a bug, right, of the movement. Um, and so, you know, of course, of course, they're looking at um, all of these issues from whatever angle most benefits them in the moment, and then they'll change their values completely around uh, because the goal is power, number one, and everything else is secondary. Yeah, I, I just feel, though, that pointing out the hypocrisy is still, while it may be useless uh, in terms of shaming right-wingers, I feel like it's still useful for people who are on the fence, who don't properly see these things for what they are, 
and uh, just to point out for others, you know. I mean, you've got to hope so. And yeah, or I at think least it's... like to, for solidarity, right? Like we're making ourselves feel better. <laughs> it's one of those things that often is um, pointless and it's a, it's a, it's an endless, exhausting task, but you kind of got to do it, um, partly for solidarity and partly because you, you can't let some of these outrageous things go unaddressed. So I yeah, think the yeah, thing yeah. is to constantly point out their their factual impoverishment and their hypocrisy and double standards and everything, uh, but not expect too much from it. You know, not certainly not expect them to uh, kind of um, wither away under the onslaught of of reality or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I just think that it's good to have them on record or, you know, for people that might be on the fence, that's about it. But yeah, we can't expect them to be uh, embarrassed by their uh, inconsistencies like a normal, regular person would. What Julia Serrano said, who I really like, about the Russell Brand and hypocrisy thing specifically. In the wake of the brand news, I'm seeing a new wave of grooming hypocrisy charges that typically take the following form, right? A person calls trans or LGBTQ plus people groomers, then they show support for a celebrity or politician who literally grooms minors, and therefore aren't they hypocritical? And she says, so I must point out yet again, while most of us reserve the term grooming for instances involving actual CSA, conservatives and fascist adjacent people, e.g. gender critical or tourists, use it as a general synonym for contamination or corruption, which typically takes the following form. Their in-group is imagined to be upstanding, untainted, and pure, whereas the stigmatized counterparts are contaminated and contagious and capable of corrupting and thereby converting members of their in-group. So it's ideological grooming, right, um, that they are concerned about. And these are conversations that I've watched like James Lindsay and Chris Rufo have in public uh, mm -hmm. about what grooming really but they, is them. They deliberately conflate it yeah. and leave it sort of vague too, right? Exactly. And that's how they justify to themselves that a guy, uh, you know, dating and having sex with a teenager is not something to get upset about, but teaching kids that like trans people or regular people is. I think that's great. And uh, I, I, I often feel with this sort of thing that the, the hypocrisy and the double standards are kind of the point. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you point them out as if, if for other people looking on, maybe um, people will see it and, and, and see the bankruptcy of it and uh, that'll be helpful. But for the, um, for the right themselves, they, as you say, they, they know they're being hypocritical and it's, it's their audience all know that they're being hypocritical as well the, the performance right. of hypocrisy is kind of the point because what they're what they're saying i think is yeah well we can just um uh, we can just uh condemn who we don't like and yeah. forgive who we do like uh and we'll we don't care yeah. you know that's because it, it's all it's all like a big power move it's well, just like yeah we, we we want it our own way all the time our side is our side we're we're gonna throw you to the wolves if we don't like you, defend you if we do, and deal with it. Well, they love to use yeah. the tools that they criticize the opposition for using against the opposition. They think that's like a very fun win, right? Um, and so with the Owen Jones thing, mm -hmm. right, when they were pointing out um, the couple of times that they've shared a space with Russell Brand, Owen Jones was like, okay, so you're using a guilt by association fallacy against me. 
Um, and that's really weird because you always yell about guilt by association whenever I point out that you like yes. invited the far right to your event or whatever um, on purpose. And yeah. Bessie Braddock said, that's the point. Owen Jones is a big fan of guilt by association. Hopefully this will teach him a lesson. I doubt it, though. He has zero self-awareness. Um, and so all of this stuff all about how Owen Jones is the worst because he met Russell Brand sometimes um they're enjoying it a lot <laughs> that they're using this like faulty thing um and sarah Fillimore also she tweeted guilt by association so delicious until it's your ass getting bit so they're they're enjoying it for sure yeah they don't even understand it though right so a lot of times when someone is saying, well, you invited this person to your event and therefore that kind of taints the whole event. That's like a current thing that they're okay with or looking the other way on at best. Yeah, That is the association. Whereas if you go years in the past and someone who didn't know this information about a bad actor has uh, associated with them, yeah, then... That is just that that doesn't that's not the same thing. Right. I mean, personally, I have no idea how much Owen Jones knew about Brand's behavior. And I do yeah. I I do have a lot of hard feelings towards people who were in his vicinity and didn't do or say anything. Right? Uh, yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. And in the case yes. that applies to Owen yeah. Jones, then fuck Owen Jones, right? <laughs> um, absolutely yep. uh but saying that they wrote a blurb on each other's book or they shared a stage one time uh at the behest of the guardian that is like that's some weak shit guys yeah and um i don't know who who else did you cover in regards to the brand situation while i was away oh i don't remember who we talked about um but I do want to give a little talk bit about of attention to the um, gender critical people who decided that it was gender ideology's fault. Um, that Russell oh, Brand was yes, this is what a surprise. This is, yeah. <laughs> Particularly, I found this one Wild. really egregious. Uh, yeah, so Dr. Leslie Simmons, um, who has dinosaurs in her PF in her like username and keep prison single sex, so we know she is very dedicated. Um, she says, Brand was oh. using Alcoholics Anonymous to predate. That type of behavior was why Alcoholics Anonymous set up single sex groups. They are now single gender and everyone knows what that means. Hashtag sex, not gender. Hashtag safeguarding. So she is using Russell Brand, a man. But wait, what? You Going to it's Alcoholics Anonymous a to find like, you know, victims as a reason to keep trans women out of women's Alcoholics Anonymous groups. But Russell Brand is not trans. No. And that never seems to be very important. No. Yeah. <laughs> that that reminds wow. me of um, that thing um, uh, Graham Linehan said about how, you know, because of gender ideology, if Jimmy Savile were now, around now, he'd be living in a groomer's paradise and he'd just be able to and you, you you're listening to that, and you and you're screaming at the at the screen. But he did, he was, Graham. Yes. He he did live in paradise. Yes. Yeah, long before this gender ideology that you're so upset about arose. He 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 did. He was doing it for years, and he got away with it. Yeah, yeah. and you know, Savile again, not trans, just a predator, cis right. one. But what they're ignoring, right, is that the media landscape that both 
Savile and Brand were thriving in was like a bad boy's paradise. That was like the way that it it was. It was not about uh, trans people. It was not about gender fluidity. It was not about any of the things that they are obsessed with right now. It it truly was about like boys being boys. Yeah, and uh, apparently Channel 4, like when they received complaints from women on the crew, they proposed the solution that they would take female staff off of the crew if Brand was hosting. So, like, who is that punishing, really, right? right? Like, women who've worked hard to get to that position and want to work on the shows, no, they should be removed because this creep is hosting well isn't that how it always and, um, is though it's the feminist killjoy effect right you notice the problem you speak up about the problem you are seen as the problem and you get moved out yep 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 and also i don't know if we mentioned the fact that brand's management knew that he had a teenage girlfriend and advised him not to be seen with her in public I know. I well, I like talk about, about him, enabling. Like, he dropped her off for her GCSEs, right? And I was like, oh, this reminds me of didn't Jerry yeah. Seinfeld do that too for his teenage girlfriend? Fucking gross. At high school. Yeah, there must be a term for you know a society which just normalizes and accepts rape. I don't know. Mm. Somebody should mm. somebody should think of a. I don't know, a, Jack. A, a catchy term for that. You're very dangerously close to what I like to call gender ideology, and I don't support that. <laughs> I mean, surely no one would oppose such a term that describes a problem well, that is, uh, you know, systemic so perfect, like so perfectly. Can I just get up on my little linguistic soapbox for a second and tell you how upsetting? Please it is? do. <laughs> so, like, okay, so you're you're a little linguistics grad student in 2015 just picture it and you've got your little um blonde highlights in and your new blazer and you're so excited to learn about linguistics and um you go to your classroom and you learn about language ideologies which are beliefs that people have about the way that language works so things like um it's bad grammar to end a sentence with a preposition or People who speak a language natively are more competent uh, than people who don't or, you know, like those kinds of beliefs. Those are called language ideologies. Cool. Okay. I got it. Now you have graduated that class and you go to your language and gender class and you learn about something called gender ideologies, which are things that people believe about the way that gender works, like that males are naturally more aggressive or, you know, that uh, women speak more indirectly or that women speak more than men. And you're like, oh, yes, those are gender ideologies. I understand that. And then you go out into the world, and they're like, gender ideology, it's, that's grooming. <laughs> and it should be illegal also. And if you have gender ideology, you should be removed from your, your job. And, and your brain kind of explodes. And that has been my... And you're also like hearing that gender ideology is everything that a certain group of people don't like yeah like and, everything and is gender ideology in the meantime they're saying things like trans people should be uh monitored and uh and imprisoned because uh like trans women have the male propensity for aggression or whatever and you're like so that right there is a gender ideology <laughs> like I, I swear i just heard a gender ideology come out of your mouth 
And yet, yeah. uh, no, because it means a completely different thing. Yep. So that's very frustrating yep. that like a phrase that is a normal part of like my, my life and my work <laughs> has become like unusable out in the world. Right. Like, and, and they did that. That's by design, right? They just yeah, need they a phrase that they. It's more difficult to talk about what they're doing. Yeah. And they did that with CRT, yeah. right? Whether it applies or not, that is the term that is used to toxify all discussions on race and racism. Yeah. It very much Anyways, feels like though. the zone was shit. Yes. What's happening. Yeah. But, um, Speaking of right-wing hypocrites, have we talked about Ben Shapiro being an apologist for a literal groomer uh, oh, these days? Oh, yeah. I was watching yeah. that earlier. I feel like Jack has a, a better perspective on what it's like um, in other countries. But like here in the United States, I think people have a hard time really coming to grips with and understanding the, the various subcultures of like right-wing America that feel like children's bodies and women's bodies are just property <laughs> and should be controlled by the other people in their household, i.e. the men. Um, and how very much that ethos kind of permeates the way that they talk about sex, sexuality, gender, uh, women, children, all of that. Because this whole like groomer hypocrisy thing um, these are people who believe that they should be in charge of the behaviors, the gender presentation, and the bodies of, of the people in their dominion as they consider it. Right. Very kind of yeah. religiously inspired almost. Yeah. And I think it takes almost like growing up in an environment like this to really understand how true that is. People who didn't kind of think it sounds fantastical. Um, and I'm one generation removed from it. I was raised by parents who are nice and normal, but their families were not. And so <laughs> um, I, I have seen that attitude play out and um, access to like your children's bodies and um, and their private spaces, taking away their privacy. All of that stuff is very normal and is, in fact, the only way to like properly train up a child. Um and and so like this right don't even give them like a chance to be called what they want to be right. called amongst their peers without you gave them having the their you gave them for a reason they don't have the right um take off their yeah. bedroom door off of its frame if you have to like they can't be trusted mm -hmm. then then they have to be surveilled at all times right um take them out of school <laughs> if the school is introducing them to these horrible ideas that phrase to train up a child, that's actually from um, the Pearls yes, it is the book, name of isn't book. it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. The book of the sort of religious fundamentalist advice to people on how to basically um, psychologically and emotionally and uh, physically abuse your children so that they grow up to be religious fundamentalists like you, which has sold millions and millions of copies, depressingly. It sure has. Yeah. And if you read it and you're a person who thinks that children are people, you will cry because it is some of the coolest stuff I've ever seen just like passed off as normal parenting advice. Yeah. And it's um, because of the world we live in, it's uh, it's intensified with, with girls. That's mm -hmm. uh, why you get these endless stories about like the Duggars, you know, these endless stories about yeah. uh, girls being mass abused inside these, uh, these Christian 
sects and cults and things. That's right. Which is, it certainly happens in Britain, but it's less, uh, I think it happens less in Britain because we have less intense uh, religiosity, less intense Christian um, sects and things like that here. But uh, yeah. So anyway, that that is all a, a way to frame what happens with people like Ben Shapiro, right? Who um, will call everybody else a groomer for the crime yes. of being themselves in a place where children might be, <laughs> or or allowing children to be aware that other kinds of people live in the world. Uh, yeah, that there is diversity, that people can be gay or trans. While and, condoning literal um, abuse of children's bodies and minds. Right. Yeah. The, the thing with Ben is that it's all about um, the, the moral status or the spiritual status of the men. I listened to his apologia for um, for Brand, and uh, it, it's all. I mean, one of the, the thing Caitlin's talking about. One of the most visible um, uh, manifestations of that, I think, is this thing where when men are discussing rape or or, or whatever, they say things. Well, I have daughters, mm -hmm. or I have yes. a sister, and things like that. And it's it's entirely about um, their feelings. And really what they're saying is, you know, if somebody did that to my property, I'd be very angry. Okay. Um, and that's what it's like in in Ben's apologia for um, for Brand. It's, it's, it's all about um, Brand's moral status. And, you know, he used to be uh, a, a vile person, but since then he's he's changed and he's become a, a, a seeker and somebody who's trying because Ben likes him now because Russell Brand is now a, um, a right winger. Um, Which he denied. So, so that, he, he actually, yeah. he said he used to be left wing when he engaged in this behavior, but then he's like, and then the left wing media were paying him. But then he also simultaneously said, but he's not right wing. And then continues to like defend him. He's my friend and you know, he's changed. So like what? The fact that yeah. he's raped multiple people is okay because he's your friend. Well, I, well, I, you know, slimy, slimy Ben. He doesn't quite say it, but he's implying, of course, that it's a, you know, it's a deep state hit job or something like that. Yeah, that's also uh, the, the, the utter nonsense that loads of the people are. Sorry, <laughs> it, that was also him getting in a no, little please, bit of identity on. work, right? Where he couldn't resist the chance to to give himself some rationality points at the same time. To say like, and also look, I'm friends with a guy who was left wing and who's who's not right wing now, but I can see like his, I can see the points that he's making because of you know how how great I am at thinking, basically. Right, oh, right, but he is also vile when he was left. -wing. When he was left wing, of course. Yeah, yeah. You gotta but he's not right wing now or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He massively uh, overstates the 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 importance of brand on the on the left, certainly in the British left. But, but they're all doing that. Certainly, um, the um, the journalist Jonathan Cook did a um, did an article about this on his on his blog. And um, you know, from reading that, you would I mean, it's very again, it's very slimy. He goes sort of repeatedly. He says he makes these points, and then he says that that doesn't mean I'm condoning rape and sexual abuse, even though that's exactly what he's doing all the way through when it's done by somebody he likes, mm -hmm. and. Um, one of the things, as I say, from reading it, you'd think that Brand was like this incredible, like a revolutionary leader. You know, you'd think he was our modern Lenin and uh, capitalism was just about to topple under under Brand's uh, uh, onslaught. You know, and the, the reality is that this guy is, he, he's hes nowhere near the, even if you grant that he's left wing, which I don't, he's right wing. I think he's a fascist, personally. Um, yeah. He, even if you grant 
if you even if you grant that he's left wing, he's far from the biggest left wing YouTuber or anything like that. He 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 doesn't have this influence that these people are talking. You know that all these dark mutterings about well, why now? Why now? It's because he's getting. Well, I mean, firstly they say why now, and then they don't tell you why now because there's nothing particular about Brand at the moment. He's not. He's he's been doing the same stuff about um, big pharma and vaccines and all that for ages now. Um, and secondly. Uh, why? Why him particularly? Why did the the evil um, the evil uh, globalists, you know, who run the world, single him out rather than any of the other left wingers on YouTube or Rumble um, with um, with with bigger channels? Right. Yeah. It's it's completely incoherent, and they know it. Well, it's because he was, you know. Uh, hang on, I'll get there. <laughs> It's it's not it's not going to materialize, right? But uh, it is a useful if you if you don't think about it too hard. If you squint, it's a useful diversion. Yeah, and um, I mean, Ina was asking earlier about the response in in Britain. One of the interesting things has been the variety of responses, certainly from talking head type people, because Brand has done. He's he's far from a stupid guy. He's very smart, um, and like. Um, one of one of the things people say about these guys when they go off the edge is they, you know, they're 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 stupid or something like that. They're saying stuff about that stuff like that about Kanye now that he's gone uh, full Nazi, you know. And the, no, these guys aren't stupid. They know what they're doing. And then they're actually very similar figures, I think, because Brand's so-called revolutionary politics was always that exact kind of love everybody thing that Kanye uses to cover up his mm. um, his, his anti-Semitism, you know, love everybody, including Nazis. It was exactly that sort of wishy-washy um, new age uh, stuff that uh, that Brand's doing as well. But they, he, he's managed to position himself in this very fuzzy brand. I mean, he's positioned himself in this very fuzzy zone politically. And I think genuinely, certainly in Britain, there's a lot of confusion among the sort of political commentariat about exactly where he falls, which is why you see this um, this variety of responses like Douglas Murray is um, is not, you know, he's 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 not on Brand's side. And uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg, who's this um, horribly right wing politician we have in this country, in case people don't know, he's um, he's been he's been saying, well, you know, um, he he was behaving like that because a lack because of a lack of moral fiber and a lack of Christian conscience and stuff like this. And then and uh, uh, of course you have Andrew Neil and uh, Piers Morgan weighing in on it. But the it's quite equivocal and and um, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of disagreement on on this sort of reactionary British media side. And it's because they don't know how to place him because he has done a very effective job of of. of of mud, muddying the waters of where his politics lies. Maybe a little before, but I feel like now it's super clear. Like he, all his like thumbnails are like reactionary, obviously right wing, you know, chats with Tucker Carlson and, you know, all, all sorts of awful sure. right wingers. Oh, but sure. Of like course, he's, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's spoken to Candace Owens and Tucker Carlson yeah. and Jordan Peterson. You know, he's, yeah. he's in that club. He's in the, the right wing media influencer club. Totally. But a lot of the stuff that he puts out, a lot of the um, right wing conspiracy theory nonsense he puts out, that that's stuff that a lot of people who think they're on the left think are left wing issues right. you know because because they're cloaked as such he he does his yes. anti vax stuff and his covid conspiracy stuff under the rubric of well we've got to criticize big pharma 
and mm. um, he, he does his apologia for Putin under the under the guise of, well, we've got to uh, criticize American imperialism right. and stuff like that. Yeah, it's yeah. cloaked. And it's not it's not so cloaked that the right generally don't know what he's doing. But a lot of people on the supposed left, they are they are fooled by it. Or they let themselves right because yeah. it feels aesthetically right. It, it's got the sort of the dressing of something that they feel good about, um, and uh, and also you know he he's in the same audience capture cycle that that they all are in, right? He he knew he needed to find an audience that wouldn't believe the allegations against him, that would stick with him no matter what. And those are the people who are also, unfortunately, going to expect you to to continue the radicalization process. Yeah. Can yeah, I just go me. back to uh, Shapiro before we go further? Because I don't want to mm -hmm. let that go without actually <laughs> putting enough attention on the kinds of things that Shapiro said. So firstly, he said he was, you know, a good friend of his and that he's remade himself. Somehow that is supposed to um, excuse what he's done in the past. He says that, you know, this is just a he, he said, she said situation and there's no like DNA evidence. So how can we really believe it? Whereas like, you know, there are multiple allegations from different people there's been a police report. There, there's been a victim that's gone to a rape crisis center. Right. Um, and uh, then he, Shapiro floats the conspiracy that uh, Brand is targeted for political reasons. Um, yeah. You know, he says like, oh, you know, he was left wing when he engaged in this behavior. And that's when that media was paying him. But now that he's sort of crossed yeah, over... Now they're releasing yeah. all of this. You know, the timing is suspicious. And it's like, again, think this through. They had all this information, but they're like, no, 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 no. He politically aligns with us. So we'll just sit on this. Right. Well, and we'll wait for him to believe. All if he the goes investigation began four years okay. ago. Yeah. To believe all of these things, you would have to yeah. not understand how the criminal justice system works or how journalism works. Right. Because this intense focus on like, well, we don't have DNA evidence, like as if that's the only thing that has ever convicted somebody. It's not even in the top list of, you know, things that convict people. And then also, yeah, like knowing that investigative journalism like this takes years to finish, we know that he had the heads up about this, this wave coming at him a long time ago. Uh, so you would you have to just pretend that's not true, basically, to believe them. Right, right. Reading the Sunday Times investigation, it's clear that unless the, and unless they're literally just making stuff up, which I don't believe, even the Sunday Times, you know, it's clear that there's there's loads of evidence. Yeah. There's one there's one of one of the accusations. They've got screenshots of messages back and forth between him and and the survivor of the attack, where he he basically admits it. He apologizes for doing. Yeah what she accuses him of doing yeah well is is russell brand now trying to frame russell brand because russell brand's over the target i mean come on yeah the part of him that's still left-wing is trying to take down the part of him yeah. that's not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great there was even a tweet about like someone floating the idea that this was all because uh, Wales ha ha had imposed some like new speed limits or something. And so 
Um, oh yeah, I that don't was know. my favorite one. That was so good. Just I, I just so ridiculous. The human mind is a wonder. They're just like people are just pinning it on their own personal like thing, yeah. right? Oh, they sat on this information until you know Wales uh, came how, out and did this. <laughs> love how the Russell Brand story comes out when the Welsh government is implementing its twenty mile an hour zone across the country, which they admit is an attempt to stop people using cars. So it's a fifteen minute city <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> uh. I'm just disappointed Wales uses miles. I know, right? Goodness. What are you doing over there, guys? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is Ben Shapiro, man. Like Ben Shapiro, who screams about children's shows grooming children, uh, defending an actual, you know, pedo groomer. Like he also said specifically, like, you know, it's perv it's it's a creepy behavior, uh, but is it criminal behavior? Because the age of consent is like sixteen in right. England. So it's like fuck, dude. Whereas, what like, are you making you know, excuses for? The grown ups in the room are talking just, about whether that law should be different or you know, like whether what should be done about yeah. that. He's just yeah. like using it as a full stop, like, well, he didn't commit a crime. His style of argumentation is fundamentally pedantry. That's how Ben Shapiro argues. He finds little facts like that. Yes. And then he, he makes, he doesn't argue. He just makes pedantic points. The The age of consent is 16. Ergo, he didn't break the law. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this, is, and... this is what right-wingers do often. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why is yeah. that the end of the conversation? <laughs> yeah. And this I, is the guy subject, who finds I, fault with uh, Blue's Clues, for fuck's sake. Blue's Clues yeah. he was mad at. Well, that's... The children's show. That's because uh, having the complete control over the mind and body of the children in your household is good, okay? And getting them exposed to any ideology that you didn't personally pre-approve is the worst thing that can happen. And you have to go to war about it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then Elon, Elon, who, you know, said that he was focused on removing, like, uh, I don't know, child porn from Twitter and then let on a guy, let back on a guy who literally shared child porn. Yeah. That that Elon, uh, okay. he also is like, he, you know, we're not going to suspend a brand innocent until proven guilty. It's a wise and fair maxim. And then he also did the... He's been targeted for like you know some kind of I don't know political views or some he floated that bullshit, and then Matt Walsh was outraged that uh, Brand's channel was demonetized. Like these are all like the anti-grooming constantly yeah. on the fact that any LGBTQ person is like grooming your kids, coming for your kids. They have a literal groomer here that they're defending. I just, I cannot get over that. Well, these are the that is like people. more blatant. These are and the same at the who... exact same time, you got Lauren Bobert giving a, a hand job yeah. in public to her boyfriend. <laughs> you know, where minors are present. Yeah. Well, these are the same. Yeah. People yes. You can see children in the audience in the footage. Despite Ugh. all of the evidence, published, peer reviewed evidence that sex education in schools has an impact on children's safety, right? That it, it helps them report and prevent yep. abuse. 
they still want to take it out of schools. And there's a reason for that. It's because they don't want children to know that stuff. Yeah, because they want yeah. to abuse them, essentially. They want to have access. Yeah, they want to have all the tools in their toolkit for coercion and control because we're fundamentally a colonialist society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this level of blatant, blatant hypocrisy, I think they've crossed a new level recently. Like, I don't know if you saw that uh, video clip of Bobert, like where they had that clip from the theater. Yeah. Um, and juxtapose with her, like speaking about how they're coming for your kids and this grooming must stop and uh, sexually inappropriate behavior. It was just so bizarre to see, like, you know, her giving someone a hand job while she's, you know, at the same time as hearing her talking about that stuff. You truly, yeah, it really is sick to watch her tell like drag queens to stay away from children when the person who yeah. stay away from children is her. Yes, and also the guy that was, uh, you know, feeling up her breasts in the theater, he apparently is a guy who owns a drag-friendly bar, and she's fine with him. Well, like, the, the, nothing means anything, it seems like. She said the lesson she learned from that whole thing was, don't date Democrats. Yeah, please. I, I even doubt that he's a Democrat, no, honestly. He's just a business owner. <laughs> like, who would date Lauren Boebert? Right. If you had any values know. at all, you would not. Yeah. You know when she's lying because her lips are moving. <laughs> it's just, it's it's really something to see these two stories and how people that are uh, going on about groomers usually have uh, come out in this in these situations. Well, yeah, that's like, because all of and those again, values it's, are window dressing. It's all for power. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's kind of a power move. It's kind of a, yes, we're being hypocritical. So what? What are you going to do about it? She had a very, um, I can it's do like, what I want attitude that whole, the whole way through, right? Do you know who I am? Yeah. Flipping the bird. Like, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's like with the, the, the uh, 2020 election being rigged, you know, what they're, what they're actually saying when they say the 2020 election was rigged is, is not that. They all know that's not true. What they're saying is we should be in power whatever people vote for yeah. elections shouldn't have any have any effect on us being in power we should just be in power perpetually that's what it means yeah. they all know that and the more hypocritical you are the more that message gets hammered home i think mm -hmm. yeah and uh also on the bobert topic the fetterman controversy they've tried to create about his wearing shorts right to work yeah. it's just absurd like as if this is a comparable controversy and then he tweeted something about oh maybe if i grab the hog during work hours or i i forget what his exact tweet was but something about grabbing the hog um maybe they'd make me a folk hero or something right it's like they're filling a quota or a demanding schedule you know of, of, to provide a quota of um bullshit rage stories for the right-wing media to to just run with for a cycle that's what that's what the right the public right just seemed that's just seems to be their job provide some new bit of bullshit right yeah well, it was nate it's silver. like the tan suit nate silver's the one who said i'm starting a new political party for people who don't give a shit 
either about how John Fetterman dresses or what Lauren Boebert does. <laughs> it's like a little sizing. That is very cool. Andrew Yang. <laughs> and then Matthew Iglesias, of course, chimes in, I want a fourth party that thinks both of these stories are funny. And it's like, no, no, one of them is funny <laughs> and the other one is a sex crime. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> And I want a fifth political party that puts both of those guys in jail. I am so sick of hearing from them. Wait, you want to put Matt Iglesias and Nate Silver? They can go. Oh, okay. They can at least go to Twitter jail. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Andrew Twitter. Yang as well. Yeah, please. him too. Why not? Yes. Let's just clean up. Shop. So Twitter kind of is jail, Ugh. but yeah, it's, it's um, hell, and the devils are all here. Yeah, yeah. Jack's made a bit of an escape, but you know, I brought him back today. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, I'm just popping back in. Anything for you, Ina? Thank you. Um, but also, I wanted to address the. There's like some kind of leftish people that are saying that mm, criticizing mm. Bobert in the theater oh, it's uh, like sex is negative. sex sex negative. I really don't think so because. Sex positivity does not include like getting off in front of children. Sex positivity is they, generally pretty concerned with consent. <laughs> and that, like, yes. Everyone yeah. involved in the yeah. sex act be happy to be there. And that is not what happened in this case. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now that uh, I guess we've, talked about most of the related stories unless you guys had anything to add i thought we could quickly open up the floor yeah. for other speakers all right hello john hi um yeah i just had a question that i don't know it was kind of more appropriate earlier when um the conversation was more focused around like the uh their hypocrisy particularly on the grooming issue and i think that the two are actually kind of logically related because to me, it seems that they rely a lot. I mean, like we, you know, you've talked a lot about the the uh, the way this is all just a play for power, right? Um, and to me, they position themselves as parents, right, paternalistically, with regard to society. You know, you listen to Michael Knowles or Ben Shapiro or any of these people; it's always that they know, right, and they know better. So they get to tell everyone else what to do, right? And they don't really have to yeah. explain themselves because a parent you know, explain themselves to a toddler. You know what I'm saying? And like, do you, do you guys see that too? I mean, do you see this how they're, they're kind of positioning in this paternalistic manner, like frees them up to sort of be the uh, do as I say, not as I do kind of types. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's very much because I said so. And um, if you're like me and you're also kind of in the parenting space, you can see they have a lot of disdain uh, for things like gentle parenting and respectful parenting. Because like when you said, like, you don't explain yourself to a toddler, I was like, well, I explain myself to my toddler all the time. <laughs> because that's like the, <laughs> that's the parenting philosophy that I've, that I have taken up, right? Is that it's better for her. Right, right. I, I mean, I, I yeah, I was saying that more like from no, I know perspective. Yeah. That's how one would be. But they just fundamentally do not respect that perspective, right? They don't. They're they're in the because I said so camp, and it's because authority authority is more important um, than anything else. Because 
it's hard for them to conceive of like, we, we can't create a system in which everyone is always going the right way unless I have total control over them. Yeah, I think that's yeah. absolutely right. That's what it's about. It's about control. I mean, they call it, it's called patriarchy for a reason, you know, right? Um, it, it depends on the, on the patriarchal family at the, at the, at the bottom level, all the way up, all the way up through the entire system, the, right. the, the pattern of sort of male authority. And, um, and like you said, and, uh, before, yeah, it's, men are the only ones that have a real perspective and a real soul and a real brain, right? Everything has to be filtered through their uh, experience. So rape is bad because I have daughters. Um, is a great yeah. example of that. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of a way of saying that the people with the power are, are the only ones whose opinion matters. They should be in control. What you think doesn't matter, because of course, in patriarchy, uh, that's men, yeah. or you know, uh, you know, relatively speaking, on on different levels. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's just about saying it's the authoritarian mindset isn't it it's just the because that's that's just what right-wing politics is it's just anti-democracy authoritarian mindset right well and when the colonists came to the americas the way that they talked about the people who already lived here was childlike childlike and feminine those were the ways that they described them and that's for the exact same reason and didn't peterson also recently say something like uh rape being a crime against women is not enough a deterrent so it should be like a crime against men's property yeah you should have to pay like liability to the men in her life like fucking like i I just hear this stuff and i'm like you know that people can hear you right like how do you say this shit in public (laughs) well and i remember being a teenager and watching russell brand stand up because again i I was a, a nerdy kid who was like really into british comedy right so i watched his stand up and he even said uh, his attitude towards women changed when he had a daughter. And it's like, yeah. you had women in your life before that. Like, women existed in the same world as you. You're having a daughter to make you think that, like, maybe maybe we should not be, like, as monumental of dicks. And then, of course, he continued to be a dick. But um, he even, he the fact that he was only able to even have that thought like looking at his baby yeah and uh you know works for some men i don't know maybe there are men who who hate women and uh and discount them and then they have a daughter or they they meet a woman they like for the first time you know and they said oh yeah women are people after all hey how about that and maybe they maybe they they grow from there and you know and okay great but uh, most of the time i think what they're actually saying is you know I, I now have a stake in in women, you know, because I've got one. Yeah. I, yeah. I've yeah, got yeah, one yeah. that's my property now. So Though you hear it about like, oh, you know, I have a mother. How can I be a misogynist as well? Right. Like yeah. they yeah. Ha- have to center themselves. It's about what they have and who they have. And, you know, who else uses this when accused of sexism is my pal. Sam Harris, he talks about, you know, whenever he's like talking about how Me Too has gone too far or whatever, (laughs) he always begins with, you know, I have two daughters and I was raised by a single mom. So, of course, how can I be, you know, anti-feminist or sexist or whatever he's being accused of that day? But speaking of him, you know, what's highly interesting and amusing is the fact that the guy has such a bad fucking record, such a bad judge of character he is, that 
everyone he's friends with or everyone he appears with eventually gets um i don't know so embarrassing in some way or another either they're totally uh anti-vax or just embarrassingly openly fashy sam harris likes his right wingery a little more uh cloaked and um then he just decided just a couple i don't know a couple of days ago a couple of weeks ago to to show up on uh, Brand's podcast, and at that time we hadn't heard this story, and I'm sure he didn't know. But but still, it's just funny because the guy is already known for making bad decisions with who he appears with, or who he has on, or who he associates with. Like constantly, that's his whole thing with the IDW. He had to well, turn in his imaginary Brand, card. Brand's content was already so egregiously bad. Exactly, by then. exactly. I mean. He was already embarrassed by his buddy, Majid Nawaz, for being super anti-vax. Then why go on Brand's show and legitimize that shit again? Then why not entertain Brett Weinstein, whom he said he won't debate on the subject, right? Like, it's just a weird, weird move. And then he also recently apologized to Majid Nawaz, uh, you know, for being highly critical of his anti-vax BS. So, I don't know. That guy's such a mess. Um... On the but, subject of what we were talking about, the male empathy for women conditional on them having a having a stake in sort of you know female property ownership, you know that that reminds me. I was talking earlier about how the BBC uh, did fire Brand back in the day, but what they fired him about was that that whole ridiculous sassy, thing where he it? made a yeah exactly he made a prank call to Andrew Sachs, the actor. Mm. And, the the thing that supposedly beyond the pale was that he told Andrew Sachs that uh, he had slept with his granddaughter, and that was and of course the the, the press make that make it into this gigantic uh, comedies too offensive thing and uh, poor Andrew Sachs's feelings and of course n- nobody at any point was concerned about the feeling of the woman involved who was dragged into the public uh, spotlight right. in in the, it was it was about how Andrew Sachs felt about the fact that he'd been publicly told that somebody had slept with his granddaughter. So they, yeah. there you go again. It just it just runs through the entire story from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. she said it was 10 years of torture, right? Her experience was so bad that she had mental health issues. She had uh, to go to rehab. Like, she had the worst decades as a result of that, and the media did not care. Yeah, she was on uh, Pierce Morgan, too, just recently talking about, you know, how he's not so bad and, you know, but she believes the victims. But, you know, he also is nice and uh, sent her to rehab. But, you know, part of uh, rehab is that you have to make amends for your mistakes. I I don't know. She seemed a bit wishy-washy to me. But, yeah. Mustache Bob. Oh, hi. I just want I just wanted to say thanks for. uh entertaining me while I'm changing the transmission on this bulldozer. And I, I think my audio is probably too bad to speak too much, but uh, <laughs> wouldn't it, wouldn't it give you guys like pause if you were in like a political movement, which required you to like defend these like awful people doing like these awful things like brand did. I don't want to like, you know, use any spicy words about like the crimes he's done, but like I've seen people like Ben Shapiro and Harris, I think was defending him. I know Peterson was defending him. Um, wouldn't that give you Wait, pause? You- if, like, did oh, you say sorry. Harris was defending him? I think I he was. I might, be, I might be confused. They, they all kind of blend together after a while. Fair sorry. point. 
I'm sorry. But wouldn't that give you like pause if, if like your political movement required you to like defend like horrific crimes against women like that? You would think. Yep. I, yeah, certainly. And especially if you had to do it over and over again, like, and you're known as the anti uh, trafficking, anti grooming kind of crew. But yeah, I don't know. But I, I will I say I haven't well, heard Harris on this subject yet. So. I don't know. The ability you know. to do that is what marks out the good party man, isn't it? It's the, it's the ability to uh, to master doublethink. That's what makes oh, the, yeah, uh, the double plus good duck speaker. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And again, thanks for thanks for keeping me company while I'm changing this annoying part on this old machine. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with it, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just thinking about how some of the people who like don't. They want to blame the left or they want to blame whoever, right? So um, some people decided they wanted to blame tribalism, right, for what happened. Which, which is, is such like heterodox code. For... It is, absolutely. And you can see it in, in the heterodox I, I love it when people blame abstract nouns. Oh, it's tribalism. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's division or something like that. That's right. And like, I, I, okay, so, I blame adverbs. Yeah, it's their fault, really. <laughs> We should abolish them as a linguist. Um, but uh, the, the, the thing about using this word tribalism is it immediately marks you as unserious, in my opinion, um, because, because what do you think tribes are? <laughs> what is this like, you know, it, 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 you're using the word tribe for a reason. You're trying to make an allusion to a group of people that you think of as um, irrational and knee-jerk and like in-group only and it, it just ties back to this like horrible evo psych attitude um and uh and then like yeah to say that people have in-group solidarity is like so banal as to be pointless <laughs> and and to say that like yeah if you, people but like to extend that to something like defending someone who's committed crimes against other people is it, it 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 beggars belief it does not make sense and uh and it absolutely is just an attempt to both sides right because if you think the problem is polarization and not that somebody is extremely egregiously and immorally wrong then you are not looking at the same set of facts absolutely yeah yeah. All right. Can we get uh, DS? I think is next. Yeah, I, I I've always been mystified by uh, the Russell Brand um, by his appeal. I've never liked the guy, but I was just curious if anybody can tell me what's the what what I I'm not that familiar with this Mark Fisher guy who I think is he's no longer alive. I um. But I know he he wrote some essay praising Brand or something like. I was just wondering if anybody can give background on that. I I can if you like. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, Mark Fisher was a, um, a leftist um, college lecturer, I believe, university lecturer and intellectual who had a blog in the um, in the early two thousands uh, called K Punk. It was very good interesting blog and um he he is dead now he committed suicide a few years ago um 
and his work is very it's very interesting. He's he's the man who coined the phrase capitalist realism, which has turned out to be a right. very useful concept. I think, um, a, a sort of a um, a condensation of the 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 whole neoliberal there is no alternative thing, but but extended, you know, very very usefully. But um, his one of his most controversial essays is um, called. Uh, it's leaving the vampire's castle or escaping the vampire's castle exiting. or something like that. Exiting yeah. the vampire's and um, exiting. That's right. Yeah. And um, he's um, in that he's make he sent he's essentially it's a very bad essay in my opinion. It's one of the worst things he ever wrote. Uh, it 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 reeks of um, posters sickness, you know, and uh, just coming off Twitter feeling sore because somebody criticised him. And it's essentially an argument about sort of, le well, it's tribalism again. It's essentially an argument about left tribalism and left censoriousness and moralism and things like that. And uh, he, he sort of spins that into a, an argument. It, it's, it's pretty familiar, really. It's the whole identity politics undermines the left because we should be having class solidarity sort of thing, just couched in, in very um, overcomplicated ways and, and focused on social media. But yeah, Russell Brand is a big part of that essay because, that, and, and again, it was a long time before we, before we had these horrific allegations but again russell brand was Rus russell brand we've kind of already always known who the guy was it was after he'd made his supposed left turn and started talking about um revolution you know the need for revolution in in as i say that particularly you know apolitical depoliticized we need to love everybody yeah sort I mean, of way you know whenever um, and um Whenever, whenever yeah. I heard and, uh, Mark Fisher is yeah. defending him because he's he's supposedly um, he's he's a working class person, despite the fact that, as Mark Fisher says, he's a millionaire, a media, a million, a millionaire media star by this point, according to Mark Fisher. Somehow, I don't know, I don't know how Fisher got here because he's an intelligent guy, but he thinks you know Russell Brand is an, a working class voice, and he's being sneered at and ignored by the left because the left is kind of bourgeois and moralistic, etc. When we should be getting behind him because he's uh, he's putting down uh, establishment voices and stuff like that. And it's a yeah, it's a completely wrong-headed argument, I think. Yeah, I I wasn't trying I wasn't trying to bash Fisher. I'm, I'm, I'm I need to I need to read his. More. No, I yeah, I, I mean I I'm just amazed to have discovered that there were like people on the left that like took like regarded brand as some kind of like thought leader and I, I would watch him on tv this is going back years i just feel like it, it's like a parody it's like don't you know that it's, oh yeah it's about love and the the system tells you it's just like what is this spinal tap it's like it's like spinal tap <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's so fake. I mean, I, I hate this thing everybody does when something like this happens. Everybody sort of goes, oh, I never liked him. You you wonder how Jim, Jimmy Savile, for instance, you wonder how he had the great big long successful yeah, career he had in so Britain because awesome. apparently nobody in Britain ever liked him. It's really weird. But mm, um, I, I, I genuinely you, never did like Brown. From the perspective of a, a person who was a teenage girl when he was like just a stand-up, um, and and who was a fan? I was an actual. I was a fan. I will admit that. Um, I'm brave enough. Uh, and it was <laughs> he. He would lose me when he would get into his like revolution stuff. Um, but like I just I liked his turn of phrase. I liked his silliness. I liked his um, sort of like non-threatening bad boy aesthetic. Right, the things the teenage girls like. 
which I'm sure helped him prey on us, right? Um, yeah. Those yeah. are things that we liked, right? I don't, I, I was not a fan of the, yeah, when he would get into to the big thought leader stuff because I did not buy him. The, the look, I think the look was really important because he, he does have the, he, that, because that's what I remember struck me. I think it's with a lot of people the first time I saw him is he has that whole pirate sort of look. And that yeah. was always All right, I got a stink, you know. Yeah. And I, I got got a... hook line and sinker for the wolf and wolf's clothing thing too. Like absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I find that a really useful term. Yeah. Um but I've got to end the space in like 5 minutes so I can probably take one more comment if it's quick then maybe two. So let's try to Okay, rationally dense. You're up. Hello. Hi. Oh. So, um, kind of commenting on something that was brought up earlier. There's this idea that, uh, you know, you end up having to defend all of these people who have done terrible things, and I wonder to what extent, because it, uh, something that often gets in responded to is like, well, where does it stop? And there is a very real sense in which like much of the mythology surrounding a lot of ideologies and a lot of national ideologies, especially depends upon worshiping some people who are pretty objectively horrible people. Like, you know, uh, people will ask, well, you know, at what point do you go? Well, you know, this guy was a rapist and therefore we can't celebrate him. Okay. Well, what about things? Thomas Jefferson. Do we not celebrate Thomas Jefferson because he was also a rapist? And I think, there might be something to this idea that there's a genuine fear that you have to dismantle pretty much the entire ideological framework. Your country for things that you believe, if you start making moral judgments such as, you know, rape is bad, which is pretty unfortunate because rape is bad and you should condemn people who do it. Yeah, I think to some extent, uh, people who do defend this stuff, they are afraid of everything that they believe in unraveling. I mean, there must be a reason why they defend this stuff. But obviously, uh, there has to be a difference in terms of a current figure and a historical figure. It's not okay either way, but like... Well, and you have to have reasons why you believe the things that you believe that are not tied to a hero because that is yeah. just never going to work out like people suck people are terrible um and and the people who we consider to be like the originators of amazing ideas or amazing inventions they are people who got power and when you get power you know you, you, a lot of people abuse it and so you have to be comfortable with the fact that like a good person is not necessarily the guy that, that gave you the things that you value. Yeah. Um, and you also, I love this. So I, I wrote a chapter with my friend Ricker uh, in a book about the myth of the lone genius, right? No amazing thing or idea came from one person. It just does not work that way. Yeah. I think it's definitely true when it comes to, you know, where does a particular idea come from? But there are still kind of mythical figures that are central to an ideology and it's hard to keep the ideology together 
while discarding those mythical fi uh, figures that yeah. have this kind of hero status within it. And the so I wonder, it's like... We want narratives, right? And that means that we want characters in our narratives. Yeah, exactly. You need you need the narrative that comes with the person. And so it becomes very hard to be like, well, okay, I guess I'm going to be proud to be uh, whatever this ideology is, but I'm going to discard, you know, all of the narrative that's been built around it now. And uh, it, like, I, that's not a justification, obviously, but I wonder to what extent that explains things. The whole idea of the hero or the genius is kind of just inherently linked to patriarchy, you know, and it's like... If you if if you just insist upon if you want to have a hero or a genius figure, then you kind of have to ignore the the patriarchal stuff that they that they inevitably did because you know if they if they were as as Caitlin says you know if they were a person powerful enough to make that kind of mark then they probably abused their power so you just kind of have to ignore it and stop yourself thinking about it because if you don't again I I, I use the phrase unraveling as that's the perfect phrase because it is like a string you know and if you pull on the string the whole the whole fabric of patriarchy will just sort of unravel in front of you and I think people kind of People kind of have in, internal mental defenses against, you know, well, okay, I'll think up to here, but no further, because that'll lead me somewhere I don't want to go. People get really anxious about this. This is like, this is all wrapped up in a lot of anxiety and insecurity. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. I am so sorry we couldn't get to everyone's questions, but I really do have to run now. Um, thank you, Caitlin and Jack. It's always lovely speaking with you guys. And we will do more spaces. So, you know, do join those too. Um, one thing I did want to say is that uh, brand fucking sucks. And I hope he gets <laughs> what, <also> brand. <laughs> yeah, what he deserves. And what what really sucks, though, is that even though now we might see like the victims getting some sort of justice, we don't see the enablers facing any consequences. You know what I mean? Brand had yeah. so many enablers and, you know, just like in the Masterson situation, there were many enablers. Yeah. We don't yeah. see them ever, ever face consequences. So with, that Mas sucks. with Masterson, it's almost, it's almost parodic, isn't it? It's almost like it's just laid out for you how, the structure of patriarchy and authority and capitalism just enables these guys via the like the living metaphor of Scientology. Yeah. 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 Well, I had wanted to touch that uh, topic, but I didn't realize that brand would basically take up the whole hour and a half, but uh, another oh, time. Please. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, thank you. And uh, we shall do thank this you. again. Absolutely, yeah. No, this has been yeah. great. Thank you very much. It's always nice talking to you, Ina, and it's very nice to finally talk to Caitlin. Yeah, that was great. Awesome. All right, bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.